0: It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.
1: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ Lafura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Caram. We are a Billion Sports Podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing?
2: LJ, I am doing good. Uh, very excited for these next few episodes that we are going to be recording. As uh, you know, we're doing more of these top 10 lists and we're going to be doing top 10 catchers and first basemen heading into 2022 in this episode lj certainly very excited to see what your list uh is compared to mine and hopefully the great debates will ensue
1: yeah certainly i think this is gonna be an interesting uh group because there's no again with this type of opinion question there's no right answer and i i don't like doing to a a correct answer the thing i avoided most with making my list was looking at something like war that i thought was dangerous because that gets in your head over even over a four-year period over a one year period of okay this should be telling me who's the best but it doesn't paint the whole picture and in one of these who is the best of the group you got to be able to see the full picture outside of just one or two numbers so there's a lot of different ways we can both go with this.
2: Yeah. Uh, so do we want to just get right into it to, to start? Uh, should we just uh, both both give our number 10?
1: Uh, yeah, let's go ahead. You want to go first? Sure. We're starting with catchers, by the way.
2: Yep. All right. My number 10 catcher is Mike Zanino of the Tampa Bay Rays uh made the all-star game this year and had quite the season. I mean, compared to his other uh seasons in the past, he puts up a 138 OPS plus uh you know, 860 OPS, 33 home runs and uh is really good uh, defensively as well, you know, as a fan of an AL East team and the Yankees I get to watch a lot of Yankees-Rays games, and he is certainly a dangerous power hitter as a catcher and uh, very above average behind the plate. So, uh, yeah, he's certainly a top 10 catcher in my mind, and uh, he even got an MVP vote this year for the top 10 in the AL. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, At number 10 here, can you give me Jacob Stallings? Mm. Look, there are very few bright spots to this campaign for the Pittsburgh Pirates list last year. Really, there's three of them as far as I'm concerned. Brian Reynolds, Adam Frazier, Jacob Stallings. And Jacob Stallings here, I mean, you look at it, this is a guy who, yes, the offensive production hasn't been what you'd hope in his first, especially since his first couple of times coming up were so successful, but he's still not bad. And by by catcher standards, he is quite good. He gets the gold glove this year, and this is the position where defense matters above all else to me. A catcher defensively can win, can lose you games. Not necessarily win it, but he can lose you games, and that's not something Jacob Stallings is going to do. All
2: right. At number not Oh, well, actually, first, first of all, I should say, LJ, I do agree with uh, Jacob Stallings. I did my, my catcher rankings out to... 13 and he unfortunately did not crack my list there but uh look certainly had a big season in 2021 and you're right he is a bright spot for that for that Pirates team uh it's really nice to see that he did get the gold glove uh and is a solid hitter like solid enough for for a catcher but uh he just didn't crack my list but certainly an honorable mention for me And at my number nine spot, I'm going to go with Omar Narvaez of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, He's another fairly young catcher. He's 29 right now. And uh, he's another guy defensively. He's very solid Uh, offensively this year. He had a 99 OPS plus, so just 1% worse than the league average hitter and for for a catcher like their hitting standards are much much lower compared to other players and so i really like omar narvaez you you know he's when you have to catch guys like brandon woodruff corbin burns freddie peralta and then in the bullpen you got josh Hayter, devin williams and you have such a good connection with these guys and you're a solid hitter i mean it means so much to a team because the catcher is at the end of the day, the most important defensive position by by a mile.
1: Um, I also went with Omar Narváez at my number nine. Brandon, you hit it right in the head, but let me give you one more thing here, Brandon. This is the leader in runs, extra strikes, on the year. This is by far the best pitch framer in the league in twenty twenty one. And that uh, certainly went a long way to helping. Now keep in mind, this guy was catching. Brandon Woodruff, Cyan Corbin Burns, Peralta. There's so many great names in on this team. And that's just labeling starting pitching. He helped them out as much as they did the work.
2: Number eight, LJ, I'm going with uh, your guy, Christian Vasquez of the Boston Red Sox. Kind of same story here. Another guy who is a very defensively minded catcher. But in the past three years has had fairly solid production for for a catcher. And LJ, I know that he is absolutely the heart of the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, especially they're their a pitching staff. You got a lot of young guys coming out of the bullpen and starters that matter uh and i know that that a christian vasquez is extremely important with what the red sox want to do
1: yeah well at my number eight we're at eight yes um sean murphy of the oakland athletics this guy now 98 ops plus slashes 216 306 405 but most importantly You've got a gold glover here with slightly below average offense, which is above average on the catcher side, as we've talked about, and comes in fourth this year in terms of pitch framing. Easily one of the best, certainly of the full-time catchers. He is the second best pitch framer in this past year. That goes a long way here to him getting into my top ten
2: lj uh is the same as omar narvaez at my number seven spot i have sean murphy so you hit it right on the head once again i thought that that was a very uh accurate assessment of sean sean murphy and he is so young so lj hopefully he can turn into a very nice nice player uh in the coming years
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and break into some of the bigger batting hitting threats going forward. My next spot here, number seven, give me Max Stassi. This is a guy 104 OPS plus here. He's still 30 coming off back-to-back above average seasons. This guy is still going to be very good right now, and I think that the Angels have found a real gent here, both offensively and defensively he is up there on these lists as well sticks than runs extra strikes all
2: right at my number six spot i'm gonna go with mitch garver of the minnesota twins uh look he's had his fair share of of injuries here the last few years but if you can look past that and look at what he's done when he's played it's been truly incredible production in 2019 he hit 31 homers in 93 games this year in 2021 he only plays in 68 games he hits 13 homers 139 ops plus he won the silver slugger back in 2019 he had a really rough 2020 was also battling a lot of injuries still battling injuries in 2021 but look if this guy can string together a fully healthy season i mean he has lot of potential to be up there like a salvador perez type hitting 45 home runs i i really think so you watch this guy's approach at the plate he is a pure power hitter
1: yeah you know what i went with him here at my six as well once again garver certainly a lot of talent you have to question we're talking about health Mm-hmm. Is catcher the best spot for him if he has these health issues? Are we eventually going to see him make move to first base while he still has time to grow and develop into the role and be a quality guy there? He's an above-average defensive catcher, but that seems like a move that we could see in the next year or two.
2: All right. At my number five spot, I've got Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. And here's a guy who has just been very consistent throughout his entire career. He's never had a season that's made you go, like, wow, this guy is really, really good. But he's also never had a season where you're like, you know, I don't think Wilson Contreras is the answer for us at catcher. He has just been solid in everything the Cubs could want. I mean... For his entire six years that he's been there, a 112 OPS plus 95 homers in 621 games. And he's actually racked up 17 war over six seasons. Really good for, for a catcher. I mean, some Hall of Fame catchers like Jorge Posada, he has like 44 or something for his entire career. So to be at 17 just through six seasons uh, is really impressive to me, and he's only going to be in his age 30 season so i don't see him slowing down
1: all right well i think it's about time to get the hot take machine going okay. coming in here number five jt real <laughs> oh baby wow look i just i can't help but feel underwhelmed by this guy And I know that shouldn't be, it certainly shouldn't be the case. He's certainly putting up great numbers, um, ends up finishing last season with a 110 OPS plus, slashing 263, 343, 439. It's certainly not bad by any means. I just seem to feel like year by year, it feels like it's it's slowly cooling down for him as he starts to get into his 30s already. If we're talking about the best players right now, who I would want right now, he doesn't do enough great for me to feel like he's going to project out well as my catcher. I would rather have the next four guys long term than him.
2: Wow, that is that is certainly a hot take, LJ. Uh, it's you know I'm I'm gonna touch more on him in a little bit, but I, I think he does so much more than. The box score really shows he is one of the fastest players in the league. A lot of people don't know that ninety first percentile in sprint speed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I look, you certainly have a point, and if you are much higher on these next few guys than him, it's it's it, it's 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 not a crazy take. Like it's not like you're on. That, you're in outer space here. But at my number four spot, I'm going with Salvador Perez.
1: You always sleep on Salvi. Kills
2: me. I'm not sleeping on Salvador Perez. He is an incredible hitting talent at the catcher position. 126 OPS plus this year. He had a phenomenal 2020. The Royals locked him up long term. Uh, Look, he's going to be the face of that franchise for a long time. He has been one of the faces there since 2011 when he got there. But defensively... Uh, there is a lot left to be desired with him. The hitting does outweigh a lot of it. But still, do not let the baseball reference defensive war screw with your head. He framing, LJ, you can certainly pull up some stats. He, there's a lot left to be desired with him. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm still taking him over a lot of catchers, a lot. But I just know that defensively and framing-wise, he's not going to be there compared to a lot of other guys.
1: Well, anyway, I will get to that much later. But coming in at my number four, give me Yasmani Grandal. This dude has always been an above-average catcher. And more importantly here, it feels like he's really – reinventing himself since he, really since Milwaukee, uh, but particularly in these last two seasons in Chicago, his walk rate has been fantastic. You know, he's not going to be the bat-to-ball guy, but he's going to get on base. He's going to do all of those things for you. And he gives me a unique skill set that I don't think a lot of other catchers necessarily focus on at the plate.
2: My number I'm gonna get to Yasmani Grandal in a little bit. In my number three spot, we have Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He is twenty-six years old and has already put together uh two hundred and twenty-one games of well above average hitting and defense there's a lot to like with him uh his framing got a lot better from between 2020 and 2021 uh and look in 2019 according to baseball savant he had the fastest pop time to second base out of any catcher so certainly the defense is there he's on a dodgers team where he's going to get a lot of lineup protection there's going to be a lot of guys on base for him and he's proven that he's a very good hitter. The strikeouts have come down a lot since his rookie year. And, uh, look, his 162-game average is 5-war. That's that's all-star-type levels. And he certainly is an all-star and should be uh, every year from here on out.
1: Yeah, I I don't know where else to go with this. Will Smith is exactly the guy that you want to be your franchise catcher and I know I know LA has a lot of huge stars that they have they're gonna have to pay they still have to pay and realistically that place has to be a revolving door purely because of how much and how aggressive they are have and how much whew, how much they have and how aggressive they are but this guy feels like a guy you cannot mess things up with you're not gonna get a franchise type catcher like will smith every day he doesn't just walk in the door every single time you decide to throw a big box at a catcher you're not going to get this skill set so for me he is a can't miss he is my number three
2: my number two is yasmani grandal as lj alluded to uh you know very unique offensive skill set where you know don't let the uh Batting average or whatever fool you this guy can get it done offensively He's kind of the definition of three true outcomes. We like that I guess, but he walks a lot He hits home runs the strikeouts are there sure, but uh, Just a very solid catcher. He's 33 years old uh, and he's put up solid seasons pretty much every year. I mean, there hasn't been a year or a team that he's been on where you have been kind of mad with with what he's done. I mean, with the Dodgers, like, you know, they they knew they had Will Smith coming up, so it made sense for them to let Grandal go, but he was very good with the Brewers and now on the White Sox, he's made, he's uh been everything and above what they could have uh, expected from him. So, I'm a big fan of his play and uh yeah, that's why he's on my number 2 spot.
1: Brandon, I'm going to explain less of why I picked this guy and more of why you didn't pick this guy here. Number two, Mike Zanino. Oh,
2: holy this is, crap. Oh, my this, God.
1: All right, this is a guy I'm high on here. Very, very, very <laughs> high on. Wow. We're talking about one of the best strike rate guys, best runs extra strikes guys in the league defensively fantastic but more importantly here the offensive numbers are really there this year this really could and again i don't think that 109 games is something that just gets faked it's not like it's not like a 60 game number i think this guy is really on the come up and just the only reason he isn't up on higher on your list is because he's in tampa Everyone's numbers are sneaky in Tampa. You can easily forget that this guy had an 860 OPS this year. You can so with that forget. said,
2: LJ, does, does that mean that you put Wander Franco top three in your shortstops list now also?
1: Uh, no.
2: Okay. Was just Was just checking. Was just checking.
1: We'll see where he ends up, but um... Alter, I
2: would love for you to post your top ten a uh, catchers list on to baseball Twitter and just see what people <laughs> say. Not that Wait. you're wrong. Not that you're wrong because you make good points with everything, but it's like I don't know. There's some people. Say, I don't that... think
1: most of mine are that far up.
2: No, no, no. It's not. It's not.
1: Got a couple of hot takes here and there, but overall. Well...
2: Let's reveal our number one catchers My number one Is JT Real Muto See look He gets the biggest contract ever By a catcher He's one of the fastest Players in the league He was an all star once again this year 134 games I mean that like LJ Used with Mike Zuzanino That's you know if, If you're playing that many games for your team And you're a catcher it's Really goes a long way. Sure, the offensive numbers were not w- his peak years from what he's done, but it's still a 110 OPS plus. And like I said, for a catcher, there's it, you can't really expect crazy hitting numbers out of catchers now these days. And sure, he didn't have the probably a top three hitting season by a catcher but it's everything that he brings to the table it's his defense is it's his pitch framing it's his speed on the bases i mean this guy can steal bases he he stole 13 bases this year i don't see a lot of catchers really going out and doing that he's the most versatile catcher the phillies made a great move signing him and uh i think that he is far and away to me the best catcher in the league
1: Well, there's only one guy left that definitely should be on everybody's list that's not on mine right now. Salvador Perez comes in number one for me. I'd like to argue some of Brandon's defensive put letdowns on Salvador Perez. First off, offensively, always been good, incredibly consistent, and really coming into his own here as he steps into his 30s. But Brandon, you're talking down defensively about a guy who already does have five gold gloves to his name. Yes, the advanced numbers do not look, are not kind to him this year at all. In, in particular, I'm going to bring up the one, runs extra strikes. So, you know, how many runs have you saved or earned your team over the year based on your pitch framing in those outer sections of the plate? Minus 19. <laughs> Minus 19 is not very good.
2: I mean, look. You you like to pick on Derek Jeter for his bad defense? Uh, I... Yeah, but
1: Brandon, let me put it to you this way: if you take nineteen away from Salvador Perez's forty-eight home runs, which isn't his only offensive production, he is still a top three three home run hitting catcher. If you just wipe them away, if they didn't, if they don't exist for catchers, he's still a top hitting catcher. So. I think just the offense, the sheer offensive output is too strong. It's too much for me to just ignore in this situation.
2: Well, that was our top 10 catchers. Uh, we're going to take a timeout and we will be back with the first baseman after this. All right, we're back to do our top 10 first baseman rankings.
1: Um, Uh, Brandon do we want to go through the finalized rankings for our catchers first
2: absolutely that's right I completely forgot LJ thank you for reminding me LJ I'll let you uh, take this away
1: all right coming in at 12th we have Jacob Stallings who received one point now keep in mind we are using the standard MVP scoring ladder for this So 12th, we've got Jacob Stallings. Number 11, Christian Vasquez. Number 9, Max Stassi. Also tied for 9 is Omar Narvaez. Coming in at 8, we have Wilson Contreras. Sean Murphy sits here at number 7. Then tied for 5th, we have Mike Zanino and Mitch Garver. Tied for 3rd, we have Yasmani Randall and Will Smith. At 2, we have JT Realmuto. And coming in at number one, Salvador Perez. Alright. So Brandon, do you want me to take yeah, lead sure. on first baseman?
2: Yeah, LJ, you can start. Uh I'll let you start because I started for the catchers.
1: All right. Well, first base, certainly a lot deeper, I should say should start with, felt a lot deeper to me than the catchers.
2: Very deep. But
1: there's a lot of guys that I felt really bad not putting up higher. But at this point, I decided to go at number 10, Brandon Bell. Look, this is, it's very clear to me that 2020 wasn't a fluke after seeing his 2021 with a very, very competitive San Francisco Giants team. This is a guy who's never been a bad hitter, never been below average there, and certainly is a top 10 defensive first baseman in the league. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt.
2: LJ, what if I told you that there is a player who has played a combined 148 games the last two seasons and has this stat line, 38 home runs, a slash line of 285, 393, 595, good for a 165 OPS plus, Brandon Belt. But very similar to Mitch Garber in the fact that if the injury, if if he can get past the injuries, you know.
1: That's your number 10?
2: No. My number 10. (laughs) (laughs) Jared Walsh, number 10. Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh of the Los Angeles Angels. Jared Walsh is young he's good he's a power hitter he was an all-star in 2021 he put up three war and he showed that he can play a full season and be very productive i mean 340 on base percentage very solid for a first baseman and he's shown not the greatest flashes defensively but this guy fits like what the game is turning into. He's a power hitter. He can draw walks here and there and he strikes out a fair bit, but I think that he's a very good for your stereotypical power hitting first baseman.
1: This next one, I struggle with the fact that I have to put this guy here, but like I can't justify him over some of the guys above him, certainly in terms of upcoming production. Actually, the more I look at it, I feel like I'm putting him low. Jose Abreu. Mm. I love Jose Abreu just for this reason alone. No matter what, you're going to get consistent production. You're going to get consistently positive production. This is an MVP who you know you're going to get, unless with very few exceptions, you know, the occasional injured season, you're going to get 150-plus games out of the guy. 145, 154, 159, 156, 128, but then right back to 159 all 60 games last year and then 152 this year. You add that with never having a year below 117 OPS plus, this is a guy that I want in my lineup who I know I can rely on him to be there. He's not going to be a world beater, but he is going to be consistently... A positive influence on my team year after year a great idea to start your franchise with
2: lj my number nine first baseman brandon belt lj pretty much touched on it great i hit on on it with the stat brandon belt a uh, very very good player and the stats he's been putting up the last few years have been exceptional
1: All right, well, coming up next, we're going to go with the Houston Astros man, Nuli Gurriel. I wasn't as big on this guy in years past, but you know what? He's been so consistently good. I mean, this is a year he leads the American League in batting average. He's always been a high high batting average guy, not on this, excuse me. But – This is a guy who's been really, really good. He's got a gold glove to his name now. And I can't help but think his unique skill set really sets him out from a lot of other guys. 3.7 award this year. I have to think that's going to increase even despite his age.
2: I had Yuli Gurriel ranked at my number 11 spot. So just missed the cut for me. But at number 8, I'm going with Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds. I hate having to put him at eight, but I just can't justify putting him over the next these next few guys. But Joey Votto's awesome. We all know he's he's awesome. LJ can attest. I'm sure he has him ranked higher than me. Uh, but <laughs> I I love Joey Votto. He's a great player. He's for 15 years. He's just raked i mean that's pretty much all he's done he he rakes he walks a lot and he's a fantastic baseball player
1: can we talk about somebody who has gotten the perfect set of events for his statistical career i mean it's not it's certainly not ideal what happened with the pandemic but anyway i'll stop pete alonso this is a guy who came in, lit the world on fire his first year, 53 home runs as a rookie. Naturally, so many guys have a sophomore slump. It's fair to happen. But he manages to get his sophomore slump in a, game, in a year in which nobody can put up numbers because there's only 60 games. So long-term, his numbers aren't going to look that far off from a consistent track record here. But either way, we're talking about a sophomore slump to a 122 OPS+. plus. He comes back with 37 homers this year and another home run derby championship. Expect many home run derby championships in the future as well as many more all-star selections and big years from Pete the polar bear.
2: All right. At my number seven spot, I've got Jose Abreu. As LJ previously touched on, just the absolute consistency he's had for his entire career. He comes in in his first year and had a case, honestly, to win MVP. He had the best OPS plus in the American League uh, and ends up uh, finishing fourth when a very stacked class that year for MVP wins the rookie of the year. And ends up just putting together such a solid career so far it It's a shame that he had to come over when he was twenty seven years old and he couldn't have started off in a farm system because imagine if he's putting up these stats now like imagine what his full like a full fifteen plus year career could could have looked like for this guy it's It's a real shame because the home run numbers are there and everything and He's just an awesome player to watch. If you watch him play, you can just tell that, that he is a, such a pure hitter.
1: Absolutely. And again, I love him. It kills me that he's not able to be higher on my list. It's just I struggle, again, you think about age and you think about the fact that, yes, consist- consistency is amazing. I love, I'd love to have consistency, but there's so many of these guys, like the next guy on my list, who go above and beyond where Jose Brave just hasn't shown he can. And the next guy I'm going to talk about here is Matt Olson. Look, I'm blown away each time by how underrated this guy is. This is one of the best hitters in the league this year, no doubt in my mind. Multiple-time gold glove winner, and I think his defense is still underrated. I mean, it just the numbers do not show what I think I'm seeing from Matt Olson's game. He is clearly a top 10 first baseman in my eyes. And really, I got yeah, another guy I wish I could put higher because he should be leading a franchise right now to division titles, to attempted World Series. That's how good this guy is, I think. But Oakland is just not doing it for him.
2: I will get to Matt Olson in a little bit. My number six. Brandon, keep
1: in mind that this podcast is not big enough to be a campaign speech for Matt Olson to the Yankees. So, just keep that in mind. Okay. Here.
2: My number six player is Polar Bear Pete Alonzo. Even as a Yankee fan, I can appreciate how good this guy is. You're right, LJ. Everyone does have a sophomore slump, it seems, and. His sophomore slump was still a 122 OPS plus in a shortened year. 16 homers in 57 games is, last time I checked, not that bad. So uh, he's fine. Uh, This guy is, once again, a pure power hitter. We saw the 53 homers in 2019, and he stays healthy. He really hasn't gotten hurt. He plays 161 games in 2019. 57 of the 60 in 2020 and then 152 this year so he's he's a durable durable first baseman which you certainly like to see and uh will be hopefully the mets version of aaron judge uh for the next few years uh well i'm sure scherzer's gonna take some of the spotlight but make sure that you pay attention to pete alonzo
1: all right so I'm an idiot, I, and I believe I pulled a stunt that Brandon pulled during one of our past awards shows where I just did not read this well at all and completely skipped over my actual number six, which was Joey Vado. So Joey Vado is number six with Matt Olson at number five, but to talk on Joey Votto again, he kind of sets himself up to be underrated One, being a lifetime Cincinnati Red is going to do that to you. But this is one of the best second-half hitters in the history of the game. Ever. And so if you don't put the comparable numbers from one half to the other, I mean, he's still a good hitter, but, like, he's insane in the second half. It's so hard to get momentum. You have to think, Brandon, if he was – able to do something slightly less like if he was able to get to the same number but had a more consistent stretch, he didn't need the warm weather to do this he'd have have more than one MVP at this point there's no doubt in my mind he does the same thing year after year where he comes out blazing in the second half and puts up ridiculous numbers and then doesn't get nearly enough credit for it because no one's paying attention in time
2: no, you're absolutely right. And maybe for his last year he should go to the Dodgers or something and just enjoy the warm weather in the in the spring and then he can put together a full full final year. No. Go
1: down, down to Miami. Cool holes, 2.0. Go, go go down to Miami and lead a young the young bucks to another division title, a division title and Yeah. World Series.
2: My number five is Matt Olson. Uh, We pretty LJ touched on him very well. One of the best hitters in the league. Uh, First base is very deep. I mean, my top five. All five of these guys are I highly, highly rate in my mind when I see their name. And I mean, Matt Olson's great be great if the yankees could get him that's all i'm gonna say but oakland's gonna be smart about it they it's not like they're just gonna take a uh two crappy prospects like this guy is a cornerstone to that team and could easily sign a big contract but we we know oakland's not gonna spend any money so yeah great great defense like lj said and uh A great player that gets underrated because he plays for the Oakland Athletics.
1: Now, this is another guy. Again, kills me to have him this low, but the next two are kind of a pick-em. Paul Goldschmidt, elite defensive player, elite offensive player, ends up with a 879 OPS for a 143 OPS. Plus this year. More importantly we're starting to enter into uh, Hank Aaron territory in terms of his uh, MVPs or MVP consideration. We are now on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight years receiving an MVP vote and eight of the last nine years, he has received an MVP vote in that season, which he did. He only played 109 games. This is consistent greatness. We're seeing out of Paul Goldschmidt. And again, this really just goes to show the depth of the position. It, this guy should be the clear number one, but there's guys with too great of futures, too great of nows ahead of him to get that for me.
2: LJ, I will continue this conversation as I also have Paul Goldschmidt ranked number four, and I'm going to ask you a question. Why would Arizona ever get rid of him? Like, what, what, what's the point, LJ.?
1: Um, maybe like me, they can't spell his name right now, (laughs) but I, I don't, I don't have a good answer for you, Brandon. It's the same thing with Nolan Arenado. The Cardinals have gotten incredibly lucky with teams looking to offload here. I don't see how this guy, unless he really wanted out, you don't try to find a way to build the next team around him. Everyone, I think, talks about him as if he's so much older than he is. This guy's 33 right now. He is still, he like, in his old. prime. No, he just looks old. <laughs> he just looks old. He's got the, he's got the, he's got the uh, build of a 39-year-old, you know, 30 actually 33-year-old body. So I guess that's it. But, like, he definitely could have had another team built around him in Arizona. If we're talking about, like, three years from now they're starting to compete again, I could see him there. I could see him still being a very, very productive piece for this, a cornerstone of the next team for them.
2: LJ, you're number three.
1: My number three, that's right. My my number three, a personal favorite of mine, Frederick Freeman. Look, this is a guy who was the MVP of 2020 season. Should have gotten a lot more consideration than I think he did for the MVP this year just because of a slow start. But we're talking about elite first baseman here, one of the best players. I think best player at the position right now, it's debatable. Certainly in the future, I don't have as much as the next guys, but he is one of my favorite players, one of the best players in this position, no doubt.
2: My number three is max muncie of the los angeles dodgers he has uh become one of my favorite players the last few years i love the guys that can play more than one spot look he's primarily a first baseman he can play second for 40 games why not he played 122 at first base he can slide over to second for you he can slide over to third base for you in the past he's played the outfield as well just so so versatile and good at all those spots in the field. Hitting-wise, uh, I mean, he finished 10th in MVP voting this year. He had 36 home runs. He's hit 35 home runs in three of his last four seasons, and the only one he didn't do it was because it was a COVID year. 12 homers in 58 games. He was close to being on pace uh, to hitting 35 but just really fun player to watch. He does get overshadowed a little bit on the Dodgers because of Betts and Kershaw. And now they have Trey Turner and just so many names, but uh really, really cool player.
1: And let's talk about when healthy, the best player on the Dodgers from the 2021 season. Number two for me is Max Muncie. Look, I think this guy has a lot more to give than he has gotten the opportunity to. I mean, realistically, I mean, 2015-16, he does come up. He does get about 90 games, but his development as a major leaguer did not start until 2018. And since then, it's been consistently awesome numbers, consistently, again, getting MVP votes type of play he wasn't healthy even for a lot of the stuff at the time that he was playing this year. I have to think that there is a 40-home run season in there from him. You talk about a guy who is a br- brilliant hitter with all that versatility. I just, I really, I'm loving Max Muncie for this team. I'm loving him for anyone. And just to stir up the hot, hot take tank real quick on this one, we could be talking about him as the top second baseman next year if things go how, how we go. If we could end up seeing a left side of the infield of Freddie Freeman and Max Muncy, how nasty would that be?
2: If Freddie Freeman goes to the Dodgers, LJ, there, there's no room. There's no room, okay? there. <laughs> yes, there is, because Gavin Lux can go to Triple A where he belongs. And Trey Turner and Chris Taylor and, oh, yeah
1: great it's absolutely disgusting it really is and you know what i just as much as i'd love to i want to see freddie freeman back in atlanta this intrigues me so much getting both of them there but overall even if this doesn't happen max muncie has a great future at second base
2: or first base my number two player at first base Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay. So. Would be number one. However. Okay. If he puts up anything close to what he did in 2021. He's going to be my for sure number one. However. His 2019 and his 2020. Right. If you're looking at it. Were... Essentially worse than Brandon Belts, which okay is is whatever, but it, it was the 2021 is incredible. And if Shohei Otani wasn't Shohei Otani, he wins MVP by a landslide. But the guy I'm putting number one has been able to do it consistently for the last however many years. I need to see one more year out of him, just somewhat something close. And he's for sure number one uh, for
1: me. But I love him. So, Brandon, what you're telling me is that your major flaw with this guy is the fact that his age 20 and 21 seasons were about on par with a mid-30-year-old.
2: Well, no, just because you're younger doesn't mean that you're better in my mind. That doesn't make you the best.
1: No, but but you, you don't, I think you're not giving him the ample opportunity to grow. And certainly the necessity, the necessity of that as a major leaguer, this is a guy who's missed one game over the last two years.
2: And it was because it was because his teammates tied him to the dugout.
1: (laughs) Like the dude did everything he could. Mark my words. Vladdy is going to be the most criminally underrated player of this generation because you've got Shohei right now and by the time Shohei I think cools off again he could fall up the map next year we don't know but by the time he cools off we're going to have guys like Juan or Franco also in there as well this is just going to be a really competitive MVP race in the next 10 years in the American League anyways and is going to be in it every single time. There's no doubt about it in my mind. He is the best first baseman out there right now.
2: Well, LJ, and the guy guy that never gets brought up, but I feel like should, what about Adley Rutschman? What's, you know, he's supposed to be... Oh, yeah. The next Buster Posey? Oh, yeah. Uh, So, yes, very competitive uh, across the entire league with these young players that are coming through. But my number, or LJ, yeah, you had Vladdy at number one. So my number one is Freddie Freeman. Unreal consistency from this guy. I I don't, I, there isn't many stretches for the last, I don't even know how many years. I mean, you could basically go back to like 2013 and on, and he's a 9.0. 917 OPS averaging 25 homers 80 RBIs a season 85 RBIs a season Uh, he's already on pace I mean he's 31 he's on pace to be in the Hall of Fame he's already at 45 war should he keep it up he he should uh, have a solid chance to get in he's got the MVP and it's Very, very – I can't even find the words. It's so good to see that he finally got a World Series. That made me so happy. He accomplished it all as a player now, and he's going to get paid this offseason.
1: Yeah, and definitely deserved. Again, I'm not going to complain with this. We all know Freddie Freeman is one of my favorite players ever. I can't complain with you putting him one – but to, to me, it just feels like these other two guys have a lot more still to offer than Freddie Freeman. So that ended up justifying my decision to put him to three. But again, I could have easily put him on and not have thought about it.
2: All right. Well, the combined rankings, LJ, do we have them? We have a timeout. There's a 30 second timeout.
1: I to make sure I have these all. Correctly in here.
2: Yeah, it looks correct to me, LJ. All right, starting at the number eleven spot.
1: Coming in eleventh, we have Jared Walsh. Then tied for ninth, we have Yuli Gurriel and Brandon Belt. At eight, we have Jose Abreu. Seven, Joey Votto. Pete Alonso comes in here at number six. Matt Olson gets in at five paul goldschmidt's the four max muncie here at three freddie freeman at two and by one point vladimir guerrero jr so to recap for this episode we have determined that salvador perez and Vlady jr are the best catcher and first baseman in the league
2: yeah by the end of all the positions we'll make our uh All MLB Daily team, starting nine. There we go. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you.
1: See you.
0: you